Let me pray before we start. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and Lord, we open up our hearts to you, God. We open up, God, and we want to hear your words that you have for parenting, God, for um, the children that you've given to us, Lord Jesus. We ask, Lord, that whatever has happened in the past, Lord, as far as uh, when we were parented or what we've done with our children up to this point, God, we just ask that, that you redeem those times, God. And whatever your word says, we want to obey your word, Father. And we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are going to have four weeks of studying about what kind of parent we should become. And I've called this all the purpose of parenting. I will tell y'all, I started off at 18, okay, as a parent. And you know how much clue I had? Zero. I was still a child myself. And um, one good thing was my, we were in a church that uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were very young too and had young kids, and they dug in the Word of God and did some teaching on parenting, which really, really helped us. And, so, because, and I had great parents, but I will tell you there was a lot of things that growing up, it was a big family, and... Um, they didn't do everything according to the biblical standard. And so I needed to know, what does the Bible say about parenting? Any of y'all there? Started young, maybe didn't know. Some of us may not have had the best parents, but some of us may not have had the best examples, okay? But that can all change. You can start changing now for your children. And it doesn't matter if you're married, if you're not married, okay? Doesn't matter if your spouse is on board or, you know, you're a single parent, you can begin tonight to apply what we're going to teach, and you'll see changes in your children. But I'm going to give you one preface, okay? Do not um, think that my child is the exception to the rule. I think that's where we all get in trouble, is when we see something, how many of y'all have ever done that? You see something in the Word, and you think, oh, that's nice, but mm, I don't really want to do that. You know, Pastor Stormy's been teaching us on this parable of the sower, and we have all the different examples up there of the seed. The seed always works, right? That's the word. The word always works. It's the soil of our heart and how we receive the word that depends on what kind of harvest we get. So I will tell you that right now. Do not think, well, my child is the exception, and that won't work for them. I will tell you, the last week that we meet, I'm going to talk about personalities in children because I will tell you, some personalities you have to deal with a little differently than other pers personalities, but the same principles apply. It's just how you, and a lot of it depends on your personality as well. And we're going to talk about that in week four. Tonight, we're going to start off with talking about the purposes of parenting, okay? So I'm going to give you, let's see if all this is going to work. And on your sheet, I've given you all the scriptural basis, and there's a lot to say in the Bible about children, about discipline, all those things. So I'm just going to quickly read through these. Proverbs 22.6 is probably the most famous scripture. Um, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Deuteronomy 8.5. 
Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. I'm giving you some biblical foundations so that you know discipline is scriptural. Okay, so if anybody tries to tell you, no, no, you should not discipline your children, you can say, no, the word of God says I should. Third one, Proverbs 13, 1. A wise child accepts a parent's discipline. A mocker refuses to listen to correction. Proverbs 15, 5. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. So all of those are Old Testament. Let's see what the New Testament has to say. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, and this is a very critical verse. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And here's the promise, okay? If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. And we're going to come back to this scripture a lot. Do you want your children to have a long life on the earth? I do. I do not want to see my children killed or in an accident or hurt. And a way to guarantee, and I'm not telling you you can guarantee that nothing will ever happen to them, but I will tell you the biblical promise says, if as a child you obey your parents, things will be well with you. Well with you can be a lot of different things. Well with you could be that you have favor at your school when they go to school. That Well with them could be that they're not sick all the time. Well with them could be that they are pleasant to be around. And they'll live long on the earth. But you know what? Children don't naturally want to just obey, do they? That's why we're here and we're going to teach you how to get them to that point, okay? So, and then the last one, Colossians 3, verses 20 and 21. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. Those are just foundational scriptures. We'll come back to some of those as we do the teaching. Okay, tonight we're going to talk about the four purposes of parenting. And you have blanks to fill in, and trust me, I try to make it where it's all very um, easy to follow, it's highlighted, it's shadowed, where you can just fill in those blanks, all right? Ready? First purpose of parenting, all right? Now, this is the foundation, what we're laying tonight. Next week, I'm going to actually give you some how-tos, all right? And how-tos could be, I will just warn you right now, it involves a paddle, but I'm gonna, not going to tell you that tonight. And please don't go home and tell your children that Pastor Shelley is going to tell, <laughs> tell you how to paddle your kids. Because I love the kids to come running up and hug me. I don't want them to be like, you're the one who told my parents that. All right? Is it hot? Amanda, you might you want to do the air a little bit? I'm getting hotter, y'all. Okay, we just need a little air. Um, so we're going to talk about specifics in the coming weeks. But... What, these four purposes that we're going to talk about are like the cornerstone. Everything else is going to be built from them. These are the big things, and all the small things flow from these big things, okay? First purpose that we're going to talk about, that why you are a parent, what you're to be as a parent is you're to be an image bearer of God to your child, 
You're to be the image bearer of God to your child. Let's look at a scripture way back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in what? His own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So the very first commandment God ever gave, ever, was to be parents, it was to parents, and he said, be fruitful and multiply, okay? You know what God did? He took his image, and he put it on man and woman. He gave us his image. So therefore, we are to be God's image bearers to our children, okay? Without Christ's image on us, we'll never be successful parents. So you've got to make sure your heart is right with Christ. Because that's like number one. That's everything in life. No matter what you're doing, if Christ is not the foundation, if he's not what you're building your life on, it's not going to be successful. So God put his image on us. Okay? So the number one job as a parent then, this is on your paper, is to lead your child to Christ. The number one job of a parent is to lead your child to Christ. My concept of God is created by my parents' behavior more than any other force in life. And daddies, it's especially true for you. That your child and how they think of Father God is very much connected to you and how you model God in front of them. And I know that's a heavy-duty thought for most of us. And none of us are perfect, okay? So don't think, well, gosh, I could never, you know, meet up to that standard. No, we have been made in the image of God. He has created us that way. And that's why we're learning, and I'm so proud of all of you, that you want to learn and you want to do things better for your family. So number one job of a parent is to what? Lead them to Christ. Good. In every situation, a parent needs to ask, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus treat them? And I think that's a big thing. If your child comes home, you get a phone call from the school and they say, you know, little Johnny said a bad word out on the playground. I think we should always stop and ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? How would he react to this? And if you study the life of Jesus, he wasn't always just like, oh, well, that's okay. Did he? What happened when things were wrong in the temple and he walked in? He took care of it, didn't he? But he always walked in love. So we need to always ask, how would Jesus treat this situation with my child? All right? Barriers can be built in their hearts toward God that can last a lifetime. If we're not showing them God's love, the power of parenting can last a lifetime. 
in a child's heart. That's a blank. Lifetime. Good or bad? Any of y'all have some scars? Maybe? From parenting? Still carrying them with you? We have classes. We have our freedom ministry. And you know what? A lot of times people have addictions from trying to numb the pain of their childhood. So good or bad, we want to be on the good side, not on the bad side. But the power of parenting lasts a lifetime in your child. So that's why this is so important. All right? The second purpose of parenting is be the doorkeeper. Y'all just remind me if I need to do this. Yeah, sure. Erica, you're in charge. Can y'all tell me when it's like um, 10 till and then again when it's 5 till? All right. Um, Two is be the doorkeeper. So click again and again. There uh, and one more. All right. Now we're caught up. I have a lot to manage here. Be the doorkeeper of the home. Genesis 1.28, we just read this. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, da-da-da-da-da. So what did God tell them? Adam and Eve were told to take dominion. Dominion or to rule. They were the doorkeepers of the Garden of Eden. So here we have a door. Okay, Adam and Eve were told, be the doorkeepers. What does a doorkeeper do? They stand guard, right? They stand guard over this door. You are the doorkeeper of your home. Nothing, and here's one of your blanks, there's not one single thing in your home that you haven't allowed. That you haven't allowed. And some of us, I mean, if we've had teenagers, we're like, oh, my goodness, because that's a hard one. If you have little ones, good. Get, you got to dig in now, all right? But it's not hopeless when you have teenagers. Entertainment, friends, video and computer games, all these things, just think about everything that's in your home. We've allowed it. Each one of us in our home. We're to be the doorkeepers. You cannot let sin in your home and keep the devil out. Because sin is his domain. That's what the devil does. He is sin. That is where he operates. So when we have sin in our own home, guess what? The devil is operating there. We are to be the doorkeepers. We're to stand in front of the door. Okay, and we guard the door. We decide in the name of Jesus what will come in and what we close the door to. So you have to be strong. I mean, I think about over in England, um, if you've never been there, you know what they have outside the palace? They have those guards and they change those guards and they stand at attention and they take their job serious. They won't even smile at you or look at you because they take it so serious What they do, we need to take it serious on what we allow in our homes. So that's the second purpose of parenting, is being the doorkeeper of our homes. Um, Every woman, raise your hand if you're a woman. You have a special gift. You know what it's called? Nosy. (laughs) You have the gift of nosy, okay? Don't be too distracted. This is moms or dads. Don't be too distractive 
or passive to care about what your child is doing. Look them in the eye, smell their breath if they're teenagers and they've been out, know their friends, check their Facebook page, and don't let them have one if they're not going to let you be their friend. Take that little cell phone from them every night, I would say at 9 o'clock. Take it, and you know the password, and you get on there and you check their history. Put your computer in a place that's public, and you know what? If they say, well, that's mine, you tell them this is my house. I'm the doorkeeper of my house. We would tell our son, that's my phone. I paid for it. That's my car that I allow you to drive. And if any time you don't do what's right, it becomes mine again. So we have to be the doorkeepers. Now, in love, okay, in love. And your children will learn as they obey, there are blessings from obedience. That is taught all through the scriptures, the blessings of obedience. But parents, don't be so distracted, so passive that you just let, oh, whatever, especially just thinking that they're going to do the right thing. Because there's a lot of evil out in the world that tries to come into our home through all kinds of ways, okay? Third thing that we're supposed to do, our third purpose of parenting is be the forerunner of the child. The forerunner of the child. Proverbs 22.6, we read that. Train a child in the way he should go. When he's mature, he will not turn from it. The word train does not just mean to teach, it means to model, okay? It means modeling. That's what we're to do. We don't just say, here, you need to do this. We say, come on, this is how we need to be. It's a we thing. You know, that whole thing, do as I say, not as I do, that should not be happening. We should be learning how we're to be from the scriptures, how Christ is, and then we model that in front of our children, okay? We're the forerunner. We're on the path, and we're grabbing them and saying, come on, this is the path we're going on. Not telling them, oh yeah, you go on to church, I'm going to go out to the bar tonight. You go on to church, you go do that church thing, I'm going to go over here and do this. No, we're to be the forerunner in front of them, okay? Living it out before them. Not perfect. In fact, your kids... When you do mess up, you know what one of the best testimonies for a child is? Is that when you go back and say, you know what? Mommy was wrong, and I'm sorry. Daddy didn't do right here, and I'm sorry. I repent, and I'm going to do better. That speaks volumes to a child. Because, again, they're not expecting you to be perfect. Because no one of us is going to be perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. So we need to show them, show them how to pray, show them how to honor God with our money, show them how to serve, show them how to treat people with compassion. We can't just say it. We've got to show them by doing it, model it in front of them. Parenting, this is on your paper, is more caught than taught, right? They're going to catch it from you just doing it than whatever comes out of your mouth. The smallest little thing you do is affecting them in their future. Number four, the fourth purpose. Be the reality equipper 
of the future of your children, and I know that's a mouthful, be the reality equipper of the future of your children. There's a famous author who writes a lot of books on parenting. His name's Gary Smalley and on marriage. This was a quote from him. He said, when I was growing up, my parents never spanked me, and then life spanked me. Because you know what? If we don't discipline our children, they're going to get disciplined when they grow up and get out into the world, aren't they? Some of us, we were spoiled as children. Maybe we got whatever we wanted and our parents were too passive. And you know what? Life will train us if our parents don't. Because you know what? That first job, <laughs> that boss isn't going to say, oh, well, just whenever you want to come into work, that'd be fine. If you can't get out of bed, that's okay. Just roll in whenever it's convenient. No. Life will teach them, and life will be a harsh teacher. That's why when they're children, we train them in this way they should go. This is the path. This is how we do things. We equip them with reality. Okay, some of us, you, we put our kids on a pedestal and then all of a sudden they go to school and guess what? They're not on that pedestal anymore, right? Because not everybody sees them as the perfect little princess or knight in your life. So we are to be the reality equippers. Our job as parents isn't to insulate our children from reality it's to prepare them for reality. It's not to insulate them. It's to prepare them for reality. We can try to keep our kids all shuttered away and hidden away where there's no reality of the world. But guess what? Even if you homeschool, and I'm not saying homeschooling is bad, but whatever you do, if you try to insulate them away from reality, it will come. Reality will come. And when they are not prepared for it, they're not going to do well when reality does come. So as parents, one of our purposes is to equip them, to help them, to train them, to be ready for reality, right? Okay, so four areas of reality that your child needs to be prepared in. The first area is responsibility. Responsibility. You will have to be responsible for your behavior when you grow up. And this should come incrementally in their life. Incrementally. From the time they are little, really when the time they start walking, we can start teaching them responsibility, equipping them. Now I know those little one and two year olds, they're not easily it's like herding cats. You can't really get them to go the way you want, but you can begin to equip them, okay? Begin to teach them responsibility. That if they go up to the bookshelf where you've nicely arranged all 25 of their books and they decide to pull all of them off, you can stand there and help them and train them to put every book back on there. The littler they are, the more hands-on you're going to have to be and help them do it. But you begin to equip them and make them be responsible, okay? Pick up their toys. If you've had a long day of work, you rush in the door, supper needs to be cooked, what should they be doing? Lounging? 
and letting you do all the work? Or should they be a part of the team, a part of the family, helping you? They can, my little grandkids, they can tear lettuce for a salad. We were trying to get uh, some food the other night. They ate with the Sunday night, and Cade, the seven-year-old, came in, and he, I had cutie oranges. He helped me peel all the cutie oranges and put them in a bowl. Taylee can set the table. They can take out the trash. And as they grow, incrementally, more responsibility is added. So that when they're 16 and they go to McDonald's for their first job, they're not going to wonder when their boss says, go sweep that floor. They're not going to say, but I don't want to. I don't feel like doing that. No, we're going to be teaching them responsibility as they go. Okay? Second thing we need to equip them for in reality is consequences. How are we doing on time? Ten till? Okay. Consequences. There are consequences for every behavior, right? God's going to hold us responsible always. Did you know we're going to have to stand before him one day and answer for our behavior? Let's look at the scripture. Revelation 20, 12. This was um, the apostle John had seen that vision of the end times. And he said, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done. Or we could say not done. Because sometimes it's what we don't do. When we just sit back and don't take responsibility, don't let our children suffer a consequence for their behavior. We have got to equip them to know that, you know what? When you obey, there are good consequences. Good things come to your life. But when you disobey, there's also consequences for that. And the younger they can learn that, the better off they're going to be. Because as adults, our consequences are pretty harsh, aren't they? When we have to learn the lessons as adults that we should have learned as children. So we've got, that's the second thing is consequences. The third reality our children need to know, know about is authority. Authority. Romans 13 verses 1 through 3 says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. This is the scripture. This is not Pastor Shelley just saying you need to submit. The Bible is telling us we are to submit to authority. This could go in a lot of different areas, but we're talking about children. So, on your paper, all authority comes from God, and you must teach your children to respect authority. Respect authority. Number one, your authority. They need to respect you as the authority in their life. If they don't respect you and your authority, when they get to school in their kindergarten year 
And Mrs. Smith tells them, it's time to pick up the toys. If they don't respect you at home, guess what's going to happen? They're not going to respect the authorities. Then again, it just keeps going through. School, jobs, their spouse when they, when they get married. There's not a respect there for the authorities that God has. And God instituted authority. We've got to teach them. Um, and I have to ask you, are you supporting your child's school and the authority they have? We should be a blessing to our children's school. They shouldn't be like, oh, no, there's that parent again. They're always causing problems. We should respect them and require our children to, to respect that authority. All right? Um, authority does not cramp my style. Authority covers me and protects me. Authority covers me and protects me. And I can't spend a lot of time, but I will tell you, John Bevere has written a fabulous book on authority. It's called Undercover. If you've never read it, it would change your life and how you view authority. But I can't get off on that. Fourth one, we're almost done. Fourth reality you need to teach your children is the realm of the spirit. The realm of the spirit. It's our responsibility to teach children good and evil. And let me tell you, parents, there are evil spirits out there, and they are not little childlike ones that attack your children. There are no pint-sized demons. They are the big dudes the same ones that come against our life are going to try to come against your children. I'm not saying that in fear. I'm saying it that this is a reality. The world we live in, we're spirit, soul, and body. There's good and evil. We have to be the ones to teach them, okay? And here's the blanks. There's a realm of the spirit, and they can use the name and the blood of Jesus. The name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. How many of your children go to our children's classes? They are taught that, especially in our elementary. Pastor Keith, they are just finishing their series up on the miracles of Jesus, and now they're starting a new series on the characteristics of Jesus. What better thing could our kids be studying? They are learning the Word of God, and we must teach them. We can't just... Treat them like, oh, everything's going to be great in the world. There is a right and wrong. John 10.10, 10, what does it say? The devil comes to what? Steal, kill, destroy. That's what he's going to try to do with our families. We've got to teach our children these realities. So these are the higher purposes of parenting. These four things we talked about, okay? Those are the purposes. As we go this week, I would like for each of you to pray about where am I at with these four areas? Where am I at with my children and learning? Being the reality equippers, being the forerunner, being the doorkeeper, and being the image bearer of God. Where am I at with my children in these areas? So that when we come in, it, if you need to take care of any business with your children, if there's things that you haven't done right, Make it right with your kids. This week, take time. Really pray about these things. Then you guys come back next week. 
and we're going to learn some tools, some real principles on how do I actually discipline. But this, what we learned tonight, this is the foundation. I'd I know I had to rush. I would suggest you guys read through this. Spend some time praying, okay? This is your number uh, three job. Number one is to love God. Two is your husband or your wife. Three is your kids. So this is a pretty high priority in our life. So good job coming and learning. We're going to learn more next week. Let me pray as we end. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, God, that you have equipped us. You haven't left us to figure this out by ourselves, God, but you have equipped us. You have put your image on us. And, Lord, we lean into you as parents, God that we would lean into you, God. We pray that you would help us. Lord, give us the skills we need. Lord, I pray this week that we would examine our hearts and see where we're at in each of these four foundational areas, God. And then, God, help us. Help us, Lord, to, to show our children good and evil, to show them, God, the things that you have prepared for them, Lord. And I just pray a blessing right now over every family represented here. Be with them, God. Help them, Lord. And we just thank you for your love for us in Jesus' name. Amen.